0: Hello, listeners of the Mad Scientist Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, joined as always by my co-host Marie Mayhew, and this week joined by a special guest, uh, Robbie Chowdhury, attorney, the uh, creator of a non-story, and also podcaster. You have three successful podcasts. The latest one, The Hidden Gin, that I have been just demolishing as I play Minecraft um, every night here this week. How are you doing today? I'm good. Hi, Chris. Hi, Marie. How are you guys? We're uh, we're excited. We're yeah, we're we're a little <laughs> excited. We're uh we're pretty excited to have you on the show here. Very thankful you came on. And uh it's getting to be it's going to be Halloween, which is mm-hmm. you know, my favorite holiday. So I'll be I'll be handing out candy uh virtually, I guess, to kids this year. Oh, we, ha- we haven't we haven't figured out how we're going to do it. I think we're just going to leave like full-size candy bars on our table outside. And then as kids come by to get them, we're just going (laughs) to be like, take one. And you know, if they take more, we can't do anything, but what are you going to do?
1: You're all slamming your shoe against the door. Hey, you kids, just <laughs> right. one.
0: Right. Yeah, do you think seriously. Parents,
1: are parents like our kids like or treating this year? I figure parents would be like, nope, not happening. We're not.
0: Yeah. I don't know. We bought a lot of candy, but a lot of that might just be like depression candy for what also happens next <laughs> yeah. week. We'll see what, That's you right. know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> During the week, we're just going to be anxiety eating all the full size Twix and Snickers we bought. We we'll um, still need all the candy. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's going to be fun stuff. So tell us a little bit here about – well, I guess first off, before we get into your new show, tell us a little bit or tell our listeners a little bit, who, if they may not know you from your other works, um, how you got involved in podcasting and kind of what you're working on now. Sure.
1: Yeah, so I mean I'm an attorney by profession and um, I – I practiced immigration and civil rights law most of my career but when I, when I w- was in law school back in the late 1990s and 2000s um, my younger brother's best friend Adnan Said was arrested in Baltimore Maryland for the murder of his of a classmate and since 1989 i've been advocating for his exoneration because i believe he's innocent and that story eventually turned into the podcast serial which was a huge hit um a global hit it was the first podcast i ever heard i didn't even know what a podcast was until serial came out what was that five six years ago and um when serial came out it gave us uh, the case a lot of attention it helped us a lot in terms of advocating for him but it, it didn't get us to where we needed to go. So, um, there were a couple of lawyers I met online who were writing about the case. They had gotten just really fascinated with it. So, I said, Listen, you want to team up? Let's work on the case together. So, we started our own podcast called Undisclosed about five and a half years ago, where we were just going to work on a nonce case, basically. And we did like 30 or 40 episodes on a nonce case. And then we started getting requests from innocence projects and defendants and families and to look at their clients, their innocent clients' cases. And so it just, we just couldn't say no. So in five and a half years, we have um, inv- reinvestigated and covered about 22 cases. Um, and we've assisted in 10 exonerations so far. So that's like kind of like the main thing I do. That's my main part. Po- it's, it's become my career now. It's become my career to do the innocence work and do the podcast. So this new podcast, The Hidden Gin has like absolutely nothing to do with that work. <laughs> and I think it came out of left field for a lot of people who know me.
0: It's well, okay. First off the fact that you were able to kind of take that. I mean, the work you do is so laudable and so, so fascinating, I think yeah. and so needed. I mean, it's, I remember Ten
1: exonerations. It's is, crazy. Yeah. yeah it's, it's so impressive. cool. That's, our latest ones today. So I was very excited to hear. Yeah. Oh,
0: congratulations.
2: Lincoln. And congratulations to the, the exonerated yeah. too.
0: Seriously, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting actually. You're you were probably one of the first voices we heard on on podcasts as well. I know cereal was my first yeah. podcast.
2: Yeah. Um oh,
0: absolutely yeah,
2: that yeah. was it. That was it, the that was the sort of the defining moment for for me. And and I remember I had broken my ankle and I couldn't go anywhere, and I was sitting at home, and it was Christmas, and so I was wrapping up presents. And I was starting to get bored and my husband was like, well, you should try this podcast. I was not like, what's a podcast? You know, I don't <laughs> want Joe Rogan or something like that. And they're like, he's like, no, I've heard it's really, really good. And I listened to one and then like, I would say about two and a half hours in, I was like trying to map out stuff on the back of the wrapping paper. <laughs> right, right. And I was, I have been sort of down that rabbit hole. I think there's something about the story and the way mm. it was told and the involvement with the family and the characters. And it just, to me, it was like, it was really revelatory.
1: Yes. I, I am They were the, still, the gateway drug. Yeah. I think Sarah was a gateway yeah. drug to a lot of podcast listeners for the first time listeners and also <laughs> podcast creators. I mean, so many people, I think, launched their podcast after Serial.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And just sort of research junkies, like people like I know myself and Chris. I mean, I remember thinking afterwards, like, well, why? You know, I I think we can find out if there was that payphone at the Best Buy. Right. I think I think you could find that out. And like just finding sort of an outlet for that and and having and having it become a passion has been has really, I think, well, I know it's changed my life, um, just being able to do that. So I think it's, awesome. and, and yeah.
0: Yeah, well, now we do this on weekends, Marie, and some weeknights, so it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I, well, oh my yes, goodness. But
2: we, we have fun, and and I think it's, it's. to me, it's more interesting to being able to to use that side of your brain and think about things and do what you really love to do than, you know, than the day job sometimes.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah, it's, yeah, it's so interesting. I started out like I always listen to because okay, so our show, we cover all kinds of weird, spooky stuff, the that's kind of strange side of history and all this other stuff. And I think right. I think that kind of really, um, you know, the reason that I fell in love with those kinds of stories is because my family having come from you know, having come from Italy and then my grandma, you know, not really being originally Italian, but being from kind of Croatia and all mm. well, the at what at the time today now is Croatia, but at the time was, you know, Yugoslavia and just having kind of, you know, when, when, when my grandma would tell us stories of her time being a kid or she would give us, you know, superstitious like folk remedies for things or, you know, That's oh, don't awesome. do that. Right. Like it's it's that was always like that was taught at the same time that I was taught, like, you know, this is this is what an electron is, right? And Nona says, right. you know, um, sprinkle lemon on stuff and you won't get diabetes. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that, that was taught, like, side by side. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh,
1: God, we use a lot of lemon, too. In our oh, folk, my goodness. It's, in our folk remedies, it's crazy.
0: I'm telling you, it's like the, I don't know what it is. It must be, like, medicine isn't supposed to taste good, so lemon makes your mouth pucker, so I guess it's, like, mega yeah. medicine. I don't really understand it. But I, but I was, I really, I always loved, I've always loved hearing the mythologies of other countries or other cultures and getting even just like personal, like people's individual stories, you know? Like, I don't know if you've ever had this – I like I love hearing people tell me what their parents told them about the holidays, Mm. right? Mm. Like that's so interesting, especially when you think like, okay, everyone has this one story say of, you know, um, like Halloween even, right? Like in my family – Halloween, when I was a kid, my mom would always tell us that actually back in Italy, Halloween was like almost like a second Christmas where a witch would come and no put way. presents in your shoes <laughs> like they leave the their shoes outside and the witch would come and give them candy in the shoes oh, wow. Um Unless they were bad and they would get like I don't know something something else right I have no idea but right, coal or right, whatever right, it right.
1: is I um, actually assumed that in Italy because it's like such a religious country that it would be some like Halloween would be one of those like totally yeah, for taboo zone. yeah yeah well that's the thing it,
0: it wasn't it wasn't celebrated as Halloween it was celebrated as like another thing and mm-hmm. actually okay we're getting just deep into tangents here um, the city that my mom is from in Italy body. Um, Actually has supposedly has the bones of St. Nicholas. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like they stole them. Um, and <laughs> so when I was growing up, oh, like do? we visited, yeah. <laughs> but we visited body and I was like 12. And my mom's like, yeah, this is uh this is Santa's grave. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Santa's still up there. Yeah, um yeah. which really explains quite a bit. Right. Actually. Serious stuff. Anyways, I, I go through all those tangents to say, um, your new show is on on the gin, right? That's right? Um tell us a little bit what what made you interested in that? What made you want to do a show on that?
1: Yeah. Well, so what happened was um I OK, well, uh, first of all, the, uh, as far as like the djinn, the people who don't understand like what a djinn is, um, the closest thing in the Western imagination is the genie. That's where it comes from. It comes from the jinn, And the jinn is a, a creature that is not just part of um, folklore from m- many, many different parts of the world, from like mid- the um, Middle East, North Africa, South Asia, all the way to East Asia. Um, it's also like part of religious tradition and stuff. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, so, so we know just the way some kids have grown up swapping ghost stories around the campfire for in, in, um, in my community, we, every time a couple kids would get together, we'd swap gin stories and this, they could be Mm -hmm. terrifying. They could be funny. They could be all kinds of things. Cause gin can be like all kinds of things, but they, we are, we believe that they are an actual real thing. They're a real creation. Um, and God made people, God made angels, and then God made jinn. Like it's literally in our scripture. So it's like that serious of a thing. But the reason I decided to do this show, which is completely unrelated to like my actual professional life or what people know me for, is because um, I am a huge fan of Lore by Aaron Mm Mankey, And uh, Mm -hmm. I love Aaron and I love the the show. And I love that it's like 30 minutes and little bites of this. And it's so rich and has so much in there. And um, I remember we used to talk online a lot. And the first time I met him a few years ago, it was at a podcast convention or something and i said you know have you ever thought about like doing folklore from other parts of the world and i said for example there is like thousands of years of jinn lore and he's like i have no idea what that is and i would not want to um i wouldn't want to go into somebody else's culture like as a white guy who doesn't who may be not understanding it well and i don't mm. want to like mm. do anything and so about a year or so goes by we just had a conversation and i told him how it was what it was and how i had all these books on it and about a year goes by and he he, he circled back to me. He said, Hey, would you do a podcast with me about the gin? And he was going to executive produce, but it would basically be mine. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, it would kind of be fun to do something. That's not like life or death (laughs) uh, situation, (laughs) something that's a more creative project. And I said, okay, I'll do it. So actually um, like we started talking about this two years ago, but 2020 was the year where I didn't, I was not taking a lead on one of my innocence cases. My colleagues are and I had the time to really do the research and and script it and record it. And so this whole year really has been about producing the hidden gin, and that's how it's come about. And Aaron Mankey is in fact a um, executive executive producer on it. Excuse me. The,
0: the one thing that I really like about the gin stories, and especially the, especially your your show too, the um, the way or the way that I guess it talks about it, or kind of the stories, it's very, it's a it's like. <laughs> To me, it's akin to opening up, you know, for the first time, getting back into like a really good, a really good novel with a really strong uh, world, right? Because like you said, these stories, these concepts and these ideas are thousands and thousands of years old. They have been fleshed out by, you know, thousands of of authors and thinkers over the over time. Um, And it's it really is like discovering because, you know, it especially with a show like ours where we do a lot of research on, you know, the weirder side of things. And we actually did a whole series on, um, we did a whole series on like Christian demonology. Cause that oh, was I something saw that I saw that, that archive, was something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was something that for me again, we even like got to talk to the church of Satan. We did awesome. get to touch. We did <laughs> get to was, kind, of, kind of nerds, well, but highlight. they were nice. Yeah. It it they were highlight. fun. Um, yeah. but you know, the, it is really like uh, breaking into a whole new world of of thought and ideas. Um, it you know for people that people that want to learn more about it and about these topics and things, where do you suggest they start? Do you think? Um, I
1: yeah, actually, like, well, I, was, I actually think the podcast is a good place to start um, because it's if you if you kind of jump in on your own, like in onto the internet, <laughs> it's going to be, it, it's going to seem very overwhelming. There is really a lot out there. And, and, you know, as I was doing the research, look, even as somebody who grew up in a culture where this was like a thing and we all talked about it and joked about it and t- swapped stories, I didn't realize how far back it went how rich the tradition is, how much literature mm-hmm. and art and just how many stories there are connected to this. Um, until I started really researching for this show so there's there's just so much there. And, you know, from the very first episode, I, I go into Jewish apocryphal um, literature because that is, heavily, uh, that is has lots of djinn, um, you know, imagery in it. But it goes beyond that. It's like starts from, you know, Babylonia and Assyria. And it just—so mm-hmm. there's just so much there. I feel like the this show is actually—especially this first season that I did, what I really wanted to do was kind of make it accessible to everybody. But even people who—I mean, I've heard from— so many people who are are Muslim and they've grown up with this, but, you know, with with knowing about jinn, but they did not know everything that I've kind of packed into the show. Mm. Uh, So they're still learning a lot. But I think uh, this is actually a really good introduction. And then what I do is... um, if you go on the Grim and Mild website, which is um, Aaron Mankey's site, and my web, my podcast is there, I have a list of resources. So everything I reference, you can go into those sources, and a lot of those things are actually available online. A lot of the books and uh, articles and stuff that I reference, so um, you could start there, and I think that would probably be an easy an easy way into this world. It's a big, big world.
2: Yeah, and it's I think the thing that is so interesting to me about it is it's, it's almost, it's beyond duality. Cause you know, I think Western culture, you're, you have angels, you have devils, you have ghosts, you, you know, you have sort of more binary, um, more binary types of, of right. deities and the, right. the jinn is none of those things. And that's what I yeah. was like in just like in any reading I've done about it, that, that was the thing that I was wrapping my head around is I'm like, well, they're, they're not human, but they, They exist with humans, but also they're not, they're, they're not devils. They're, they're, they are accountable to God, um, but they're not ghosts, but you can't see them. And I'm like, well, then like, I think to me, that's like a fascinating, it's a fascinating rich topic of what, of, of, of belief. And like, well, what, what are they then? What do they do? What are they capable of?
1: You know, it's interesting. I I think, uh. Again, when I was growing up, we always heard about jinn stories, like scary stories. And the more I've learned about mm-hmm. it, exactly what you're saying is true. The jinn are no more really scarier than human beings, and human beings can be angels and can be demons as well. I mean, we can be some of the worst monsters, mm-hmm. right? Ever, we can be the scariest things uh, that we should fear. So we've seen in 2020, yes, as we have, yeah, <laughs> yes. actually, for, for a number of years now. Yes, um, and and and. Uh, the jinn are very, basically the same. They, they can be good. They can be bad. And most of them are probably just like most of us, which is a little bit good, a little bit bad. And just, you know, just regular old folks uh, living their lives. And, but they just exist in a, a plane and, and they're older than us. Like, so our, you know, their creed they, they predate us in terms of like their creation versus the creation of man. But it's interesting, given how powerful mm-hmm. jinn are, um, how long they can live—they can live thousands of years, according to the tradition. Um, it, we, the faith tradition, says that even that even so, and when I say faith tradition, I mean all the Abrahamic traditions around this—the Jewish, Christian, Muslim—is that man is still the most superior creation. We are still superior mm-hmm. to them, even though they are powerful in ways that we kind of wish we were, you know, like we could fly and we could do all kinds of things, but we can't, but we're still kind of superior to them. And so it's interesting.
2: What is, what is that superior? Like, what is the thing that makes us from, from the stories you've heard or from sort of the, the research yeah. you've, you've done, what's the thing oh, yeah. that makes them
1: the scholars have scholars have talked about this for hundreds of years about what why is it that God said to the angels and to the jinn that this creature I'm creating Adam is still going to be superior to you, and what they landed on was this: um, jinn do have free will just like us, but they don't have imagination, so mm. they can they know what's happened now they know what's happened in the past um, they have an incredible network that they can like if they need to find information they can get information and and. And that's why um, people who use jinn like in, uh, like you know, like in reading palms and that, there are people who do that kind of stuff, apparently. Um, they can ask jinn about people's past and they can find it. But jinn cannot imagine things. So human beings, our imagination, our, our ability to imagine things mm. that are that don't exist, that could exist, that, that we can create things, they can't do that. Only we can do that. Um, and it's interesting, even in the stories where the jinn are like, the first episode I talk about how... Um, the tale is, the legend is that King Solomon enslaved millions of djinn to build all these incredible, you know, cities and all, all the wonders that he had. But he had to enslave them to do it. They didn't know how to do it on their own. They couldn't do it on their own. Hmm. He had to tell them that this is how it's going to be. And they were just like kind of worker bees. Um, so it's that imagination.
0: The um, Our intellect is superior.
1: That's amazing. That's it's,
2: fascinating.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that it it reminds me because, again, like so we we really dig deep and I love, again, all of the old sort of my my big thing. Like if I was ever going to start another show, I think it would probably be on um, kind of Christian theology and, and not really mm. theology, but like mythology. Right. Like, right. you right. know, all of that kind of deep stuff, because I, I just I've always been fascinated by it again, probably because Nona was like, you know, don't do that. A demon will get you. <laughs> but um <laughs> But you know, it is it is it's very similar, I think, too, to kind of um a lot I mean, a lot of religious practices have that idea of oh, the sure. creator, he or she at the very beginning, they they have imperfect creations before they make humans, right? So, hmm. you know, the giants, the jinn, the um the whatever, right? And when they get it right with humans, um you know, and some would consider that to be a tremendous mistake. Um, <laughs> you know, but when a, they but get it right, <laughs> right. But when they get it right with us, uh, then we kind of have dominion over other parts of creation. But it is really interesting, though. Like Marie was saying, and you kind of fleshed out more. They are kind of a. They're like a third. Class between you know because in like the Christian tradition it was it became very simplified it was like there's the good and there's the bad but even in stories or historical tales of um you know uh, ancient say say demons or even angels there is an aspect to those creatures too that are benevolent sometimes or terrifying Mm -hmm. right sure Um, sure yeah you Mm -hmm. know so it's so it's so funny that I guess. You know, again, these are all they're kind of all stories pulling from the same, you know, from the same well, right from the same source material um, or the same initial kernel. And they still diversify to such an extent.
1: I really expected when I did this, first of all, you know, I. I did expect that, oh, this is going to be a podcast mostly like Muslims listen to. And I don't think any Muslims listen to, but barely any. I mean, I, there are some, but it's mostly people who are not. And I and I just know that just from like all the, the reviews that we've gotten that people have left. So m- most of them are people who are like, I've never heard of this before. I'm hearing this for the first time and I'm fascinated. But what I did not expect was that it would resonate with people of so many different backgrounds. Um, I've gotten... I've talked to now people who are like are Hindu, people who are animists. They come from like the Filipino tradition, people who um, from uh, I did a whole interview with a father and daughter from Indonesia. And like so from all over the world. And um, I'm I'm getting messages from people who are like these creatures you're describing, the qualities they have or the things they do. They sound exactly like this creature in our culture. Like it's like the same thing. But it's this is the this is what Mm -hmm. we call it versus this is what you call it. Um, And. I'm like you know there's there's something there that's got to, that's connecting all these things and even even the stories that are the most terrifying right I mean like there seem to be like you know there's always a vampire figure right every, almost every culture mm-hmm. has its own mm-hmm. version of the vampire almost every culture has okay. its own version of the succubus almost every culture so um, yeah in some way we're all kind of ex- we've all experienced like kind of same similar types of phenomena we just think of them differently understand them differently
2: and what's fascinating is that. That while humans have more imagination, they can't see the jinn, right? That right. the jinn is invisible to them, right. but the jinn can see can see everything else, and that right. to me is like this really strange. Again, just I, it's
1: it's a fascinating kind of well. It's um, kind of like duality. how if you believe in angels and God, they can see you, but you can't see them. I mean, same thing. Um, True. Yeah.
2: yeah, but it's I would say like yeah, but those are more like again the 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 deity or the the um uh sort of in the hierarchy they're more mm. above above or you know they are semi deities um that's a great right. that's a great term but I almost <laughs> think of like the jinn is but the jinn is more similar to humans the than humans, yeah. different yeah. yeah
1: we are no. we definitely have different yeah. um we have different powers. We have much more limited mm-hmm. lifespans. We have much more limited physical abilities, but you know, there's so many stories, so many stories. I can't even tell you of, of Jin who, who have joined like human centers of learning to learn of universities of like other centers. It's, it's really fascinating. I hear really? this all the time from people that, oh yeah, like in this one school here you know there 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 was a person who there's a student who everybody knew it was a Jen. that student was a Jen. i mean like i've heard this from different parts of the world um there's older what? much older yeah there's older and i think in one of the episodes i do talk about how uh, i can't remember exactly what part of the world but i think it's um somewhere in the middle east where there's an entire city that's buried in the ground that apparently is full of just thousands of year old scrolls that are scrolls written by human left behind by human beings. But at night it, the, the it lights up underground because the jinn are studying those scrolls. They want to, they want to learn from us um, things that they can't learn. They don't know. They're just not that bright. I think that's what it is. They're just not that bright,
2: but they're made of fire, which is yeah. the other irony, Rooms. right? Like, yeah. I know, but that's, <laughs> to me, that's like, but they're not, they, yeah, no, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm still tripping out on them going to university.
1: But, you know, if they want to show you, if they want to show you what they look like, they can reveal themselves. And also there are people who are able to do like conjurations and this and that. Forget that. I have, see, I set up a, a Gmail account once I started this podcast saying, Hey, if you have any stories, let me know. And I have gotten some of the craziest stories, um, including from people I know and I never suspected people who say, listen, I I see them. I see them around me. And I'm, I'm not, and, you know, to here's the thing to be absolutely honest, I have never seen anything that I could think was a gin. I had some weird experiences that I couldn't explain, but I've never been like, Uh Oh, I saw a gin or I saw a ghost or I saw, I've never experienced it in that sense. But now people I know have started coming forward, feeling, I think, emboldened by the podcasting. I just want you to know that I can see them everywhere. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, F. You know, like it's like, what? <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, okay. Um, when we come back from our first ad break here, we're going to go more into spooky stories of the gin and more on uh, people seeing gin.
2: Hey, hey there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. even care if they are we are always unpacking that very question on sleepover cinema check out sleepover cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. see you soon and we're back i was gonna say i did tell um i was talking to my friend at work and I was telling him, I'm really excited. We're going to talk to Rabia. She's got this new podcast. And he's like, what is it about? And he's like, and I'm like, oh, it's about the djinn. And he's like, oh, and he's like, oh, I wouldn't do that. I don't know if you should do that. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and I'm like, why would he? Uh, uh, he's Muslim. And he was like, nope, mm. nope. He's like, yeah. you know, nope. And I'm like, what? You should listen. You, you do have a story. And he's like, he's like, ah, you just got to be. And he's like. He was. It was really. You're not funny supposed to talk about it. Not supposed yeah. to talk about him. Yeah,
1: yeah, But he
2: was very like you know, I'm so used to seeing him in a very certain light, like mm-hmm. um, you know, very like a very logical, very business transparent and you know he's the one who's with the powerpoint can be in the meeting and he's in the suit right. and then he's like he's like okay this one time and it was like <laughs> almost like a campfire story he's like yeah. you know my my cousin and he he was making fun of the gin and then he in the middle of the night he woke up he was fully awake but there was something gripping his arms and he couldn't move mm. And I was like, oh, you know, and he was like, Sleep and then and he's like, but I'm not gonna. He's like, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm not like you. You shouldn't be talking about this stuff. <laughs> well, he's so- like, and I'm like, well, you should listen to our podcast. He's like, I will, but I'm not going to tell anyone.
1: I've had a lot of. I've had a lot of my friends and most other like like Muslim friends and people in Muslim community who are like, I will not listen. I'm too scared to listen. You're opening a door into a portal it's you don't want to listen. go into. And I'm like, "Listen, I've that's, been researching and writing about this for like 8 months now. I'm okay, so I think you'll be okay." Um
0: Well, that and, that's, and, the, and that's the that's yeah. the funny thing, right? We um so on our show, we so like like we said before, we started out doing research for Astonishing Legends. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> the guys from Astonishing Legends, maybe they are more open to the world of the weird or something. Maybe because they're not so snarky towards it on their show, mm. they've had experiences now. And oh, they're really? like They're Mm -hmm. like, you know, we'll, we'll Mm. like, we'll call Scott and Forrest and they're just like, nah, man, this, this spooky podcast and stuff. It's too real. It's too real. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. Like, I mean, not, not to that extent, but like, you know, they've had, they've had really scary experiences. Now they went to the Sally house, which is like a famously haunted location and captured like a pretty, a pretty upsetting uh, EVP, like a demon screaming at them. It sounded like, oh my Um, god. Yeah, so like they've had real experiences and I'm over here, you know, um, poking fun. I don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like covered in covered in demon candles with with <laughs> witchcraft books all over the house, and I can't even I, get a book. You know, I can't get a cup to move. Right? What's right. going That's on? Exactly how <laughs> That's how I feel.
1: That's how I felt when my, when I started this. So for the two years prior, you know, when I told my husband I was going to do this, and my husband is a totally religious guy, he was just like, "Oh my god, we're going to get possessed! Oh my god, we're all going to get possessed!" We were all terrified <laughs> before I started, but once oh. I started it, I wasn't scared mm-hmm. at all. I haven't been scared. And, you know, I get asked all the time, oh, I want to listen, but is it scary? And to be honest, I'm not scared by it. I, I would ask other like, – do you guys think it's a scary show? I don't think it is.
0: I don't think it's – that. I think it's more – but see, but that's the thing though. We're coming at it from the position of like yeah. this is stuff that we've – like I when I was a kid, it's- I was terrified about reading about like demons and ghosts and all that stuff because I mm. thought – you read about them, like you said. You open up a portal to that other yeah. world. They're yeah. gonna keep coming out. As far as I can tell, though, either my my key card keeps getting denied or something. It's you know, just not <laughs> happening for me. I can't I think get a portal. We're just not big not enough. that
1: interesting, Chris. We're just not that I guess, interesting. I together. guess so. Well, they know they
0: know that we'll talk, right? But then Scott and Forrest talk. I don't even know. Anyways, but yeah, I, I don't think it's scary. It's more. I think it's, it's more. I think
2: it's more like the more you think about it like afterwards you start thinking about it you, it starts to kind of play over in your head a little bit and that's where it starts to get a little like unsettling or a little like that's where it's scary it's not like in the listening and the learning but it, like after you've disseminated it and you've kind of packed it away and you've made sense of it you know it's sort of the remnants of the things that that you can't really get your head around or fully explain that just that start to play on me a little bit.
0: I think though too, it does depend. So we actually, it's funny. We probably, besides like the demonology kind of history of that stuff side of things, Mm -hmm. the other part of the world of the weird, I guess that I've gotten the most sort of dip my toe in, like, you know, come get me is, um, is looking for aliens, (laughs) right? Like I always love UFO stories and I practically have like a beacon on my house, like come get me, (laughs) you know, and uh, they will not come down. But anyways, but that being said, we one of the first um big long form series we did actually was about a UFO sighting that happened on my mother on my grandmother-in-law's farm in New Hampshire. Oh, wow. And during gra- during grad school I lived there alone. And so I oh. we have this like it's a really funny it's a self-published book by this crazy old guy who's like, you know, me and my wife would talk to the aliens at McDonald's and they told us to go do this stuff. And it's, it's funny in the daytime, but at nighttime at the place where it (laughs) happened alone in the mountains (laughs) of New Hampshire, you know, um, yeah, it it feels a little bit realer. You know what I mean? Like it, it gets a little bit more scary. So, so I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know how to, so one thing, you know, one
1: thing I've learned is, um, that, so, you know, one thing I've learned is, at least when it comes to the realm of the jinn, is is most jinn are just kind of living their lives in their lane. They're not interested in interacting with us. They got their stuff to do, whatever. Um, there are some who will want to mess with you. And then there are some who really do want to try to harm people. Um, and even that happens for specific reasons. Like, so sometimes it'll be because somebody actually, like, summoned them, conjured them, invited them in, and then directed them to harm somebody. Um, other times it'll be because you accidentally, like, hurt a jinn or insulted them like peed under their a tree where they live or something weird. Um, and, and a third, a third way is if, um, like they fall in love with you and they just get obsessed and they start stalking you. But apparently, you know, the, the way that the jinn know that they, they need, they need for a person's, uh, they need a crack in a human psyche to really get into you. And that crack is fear. So what I've read is that, um, When Jin really want to harm you, they try to scare you, even though they, even if they know they can't really harm you, but they want to scare you. So they scare you and that Mm. fright lowers your defenses, lowers your ability to like, you know, emotionally and mentally defend yourself. And then that's how they can actually get you in some way or another. But so since I learned that, I'm like... I, I don't know. I guess I'm just... I haven't been scared yet. And I know like every time I say that, I'm like, I'm tempting fate. Something terrible is going to happen to me one night. Um, <laughs> I love it. No, it's good. <laughs> but I'm still like... It's like it's like you. I feel like either my veil... Like they say people... Some people have a really thin veil. Like they're much more sensitive. They can sense things. They've sensed it all their lives and their children. And I'm just not that person. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's... Well, maybe that's
1: why we think it's so interesting, though, too. It's like, because...
2: I don't know, because I think I I am relatively the same way I I like to scare myself or I like to try and scare myself, mm-hmm. but I'm not like in, in researching this stuff. I'm, I I have never I have never seen it or had any kind of encounter or anything along those lines.
0: Yeah, I don't know if anything will scare me after grad school. <laughs> like I don't know if I can be scared anymore after taking thermo and at a graduate level.
1: I really am more scared of people. I'll be honest. The world is of crazy. People. I yeah.
0: think,
2: <laughs> we've got plenty enough to be scared of in this in this realm. Yeah.
1: yeah. I have, I've actually this is actually true. I do get more frightened in the in the stuff I do around true crime. I mean the the, the crimes oh, yeah. that I deal with, the homicides I do. Like I have to study. I mean they're terrifying. Those are terrifying. I think
2: yeah, the study of human nature is is really yeah yeah. Of sociopathic behavior. Well, I don't. Anyway. I
0: don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever annoyed a gin, but I've definitely. You know, I'm sure I've gotten a clo- close to one or two psychopaths on the uh, subway. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever scared a gin. So yeah. actually, one thing that's really interesting is so from, from the Western, I guess, sort of American European tradition, we see a huge, we see we see the the effect of kind of. Um, Christian demonology, you know, Abrahamic demonology, I guess I should say, generally, on later supernatural beliefs. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, UFO stories are extremely similar to witchcraft stories. And, you know, some people with giant crazy hair on the History Channel will say that that is evidence that, you know, all of these things have been happening forever and they're all one thing. But one actually really interesting part of that is – in other in other cultures like you know we well actually one area that it's kind of funny that um we have a lot of info about um kind of reports of modern day supernatural things from is um is japan mm. right because because they have such a large um there there just seems to be – there's a lot of people that love that kind of, you know, the horror stories that come out of, say, Korea and Japan, and then they kind of – you know we, we mix and we get their stories and things like that. And if you compare the two, they are significantly different in their themes, in their motifs, in kind of some of those common tropes that come around. Um, I'm wondering actually – or I guess I'm kind of interested. Do you think, say, in kind of, I guess – and I know this is a crazy question because it's like the – you know – the, the varieties of uh, the varieties of faith and peoples that believe in the Jinn are, are vast, but I guess yeah. just even from your own kind of background, do you find that those motifs and stories play out more in say um, modern day stories, like besides stories of Jinn, like, I don't know. Do you know anyone from like your, your family or community or whatever, who have ever seen like a UFO? Is that story similar to a Jinn story? How, how is that playing? Oh, that's interesting.
1: Hmm. I don't know if UFO sightings are like a thing from, my family's from Pakistan, which is a South Asian subcontinent. I don't know if UFO sightings are actually a thing in that that culture, in that area. I've never really done any Hmm. research into that. But I I do think this, I, I think it's interesting that every culture experiences phenomena that's similar but it's kind of translated through their own cultural context mm-hmm.
0: um
1: so you know people will describe the same thing they'll just understand it differently um i i do know that there are lots of stories of jinn that have adu- abducted humans that you could say seems mm. very similar to alien abduction stories um but they're not they those but those stories don't involve like spinning circular you know, discs in the air necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also wonder, I don't know enough about, honestly, even UFO stories here in the West to know whether those stories actually existed before the advent of like the airplane or is this something that like suddenly... After we had things that, you know, we we knew there were like machines that could fly in the air. We're like, oh, OK, well, then maybe there's aliens. But 300 years ago, were, did people see like, you know, flying saucers? I don't know. Or is that something <laughs> no, that three, we... Yeah. Mm, did we just conjure mm-hmm. that? Did we just start well, thinking about it in that way after we, we were able to get into the air?
0: That's the fascinating thing. Um, 300 years ago or even longer before, people were being abducted by witches, Right. That's what those stories were or by demons. They were just being like they were plucked out of the air. Spirited
2: away. Exactly. They
0: were spirited away. They were removed from their bed. They'd appear in the forest or wherever. Weird stuff would be going on around them. Weird stuff would happen to them. And then they would go back to bed. Um, And actually at the midpoint between, say, when we were in the air with like blimps and, you know, hot air balloons and stuff like that, people were being abducted into hot air balloons Oh, there you go. So, OK.
1: Yeah. So it's yeah.
0: it's kind of that it is like what you're saying that len, the lens that people view it through is the lens mm-hmm. of their technology. You know, one one favorite story that we always go back to on the show is um, this guy. Did you ever see the movie The Mothman Prophecies? I think
1: I, I, I vaguely remember seeing it a long time ago, but all I don't right.
0: remember much of it. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Um, not least of all, because Richard Gere is in it but it's scary. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So the Mothman prophecies. um, I should watch it this Halloween though. Mm. It's good. It's really good. It's very scary. Um, The story that it's based off of is this rash of sightings of an alien creature thing in Virginia, um, in West Virginia rather. And it's, you know, the Mothman. But one of the stories is of this guy, Woody Jarenberger, who um, gets abducted into an alien ship. But when the ship comes to pick him up, it's like it it lands and it's all cool and whatever. But then when the door to the ship opens, it opens up like a 19, you know, like a 1930s uh, Ford. You know what I mean? Like it it it, uh-huh. it creaks open and it pushes down yeah. and it slams the ground. And he gets brought into the ship and he's like, Wow, this is really high tech because they have like you know green screen computers that are you know from like the right. 1970s. Right. Um right. All of those stories are, I guess, go through that that lens. But yeah, no, if um, I, frankly, I would love to hear a, I would love to hear an episode on that. If I can make a plug for myself, um, <laughs> I would love to hear an episode on modern day stories, I guess, or how. You know, like have have there been, I guess, gin. Um, what's the word? Have there been gin? Um, modern like, sightings, like modern almost? sightings, mass yeah. modern sightings of gin or. You know, one jinn terrifying a community or helping a community, even.
1: Oh, I mean, like there, there are. I mean, so because the jinn, you know, are ancient, right? So if there is a jinn, let's say that haunts a certain, like an area, a region is known, right? There's a place in Oman called Bahla, it's one of the most haunted places on earth, and they say that the jinn are just in, they're everywhere, they're just popping out of the walls there. But they've lived hmm. there for they've lived there for thousands of years because the jinn can live three, four, five thousand years. In fact of the millions of jinn that Solomon enslaved, many of them, he, um, they say he captured in vessels and they might still be there. Right. I mean, (laughs) waiting to be uncorked and leashed onto this world really pissed off at us as human beings. But, um, so, so it's, it's not, there isn't really a distinction between like a modern experience that a community might have with jinn, like a mask Experience and something that happened 300 years ago, because it is ostensibly the same jinn, the same jinns mm. have been living there all these times. Um, what is interesting to me is like, you know, when I think about like UFO and kind of like, I mean, to me, the the UFO imagery is like so, it's so technological, it's so sterile. And jinn, whereas like the stories around jinn, like uh, uh, even the abductions for people who have been, say, they have been abducted into the jinn world and then returned later are so fantastical. They're so rich. I mean, imagine, you know how like a Persian carpet is rich. It's like that, but it's just like full of color, full of the most, Mm. the most insane creatures, like, like trees that have heads growing off of them. If I, some of the art that I have encountered, um, doing my research, it's so fantastical. I've never seen anything like it, even like in our own like, you know, film in Hollywood and stuff like that. I'm like, who the hell thought this shit up? Uh, And it's like hundreds (laughs) of years old, but like crazy creatures you'd never think, right? Creatures that have mouths on their butts and I mean, all kinds of stuff. And palaces made of things that you can't imagine. And the descriptions are so rich um, and they're so completely polar opposite. The imagery around UFO stuff. It's really interesting to me. And I don't know, I guess it's a reflection of, those cultures because those cultures are very colorful right um and mm. and here's another thing there i know when ufo stories there is some there there is some element sometimes of like some kind of sexual prodding and exploration and stuff that the aliens do right um i've heard mm. that um that's happened sometimes but in jinland it is like sexy times all the time i mean it it is those yeah. stories are so full of sex and sexuality i cannot tell you Everybody's having sex. Like, the people are having it with the gin. The gin are having it with the gym. I mean, it's just, it's like one of the main pastimes in, in their
0: world. Oh, my <laughs> God. <It's> just, <laughs> why they live <look> so long. <laughs> Maybe. I've been, I've been teleported to Bangland. What's happening? <laughs> oh, my God. I thought yeah. you guys were, I, I thought mean, you guys were religious. <laughs> That's I, so funny.
1: I swear the most religious people are, like, the the horniest people. I don't know how, yeah, why right. I have no, to it's, them, but it's true. <laughs> but it's true. The stories oh. are so full of sex. I and I'm in, like there I have h- had to talk about some of this stuff in my podcast. And my dad, who's like 80 years old, listens to it, and he'll be like, oh, I listened to your episode. Oh. I'm like, shit, dad, don't listen to that. It's talking about James <laughs> like, having no, sex dad. with people. <laughs> oh, no,
0: dad. Well, you know, it's it is funny, it's actually. Funny. I, I would be. You know, it's interesting. There have been stories where there have been stories where people have these, they've they claim to have been abducted and then They do go to these like very strange worlds. Those are actually kind of earlier stories, too. It's only after like the modern day UFO story we think of. That's from like the X-Files. You know what I mean? Mm, That's like the X-Files created it and then people they didn't really create it, but it comes from a very specific place. But there's actually a guy that's really prominent on Twitter who claims that he like his whole thing is he got abducted by aliens and they just they just had sex all the time. Oh. And he right. was like, This is this is uh this is great. I never want to you know? go home. <laughs> yeah. Like why would I go home? It actually it, it reminds me of the I was just yesterday watching we my family, we always binge watch the Treehouse of Horror episodes of The Simpsons. And the the second season's Treehouse of Horror, the Kang and Kodos take them up onto the ship and they keep feeding them and they they let them watch all the TV they want. And they're like, you're gonna have it's we're going to paradise. It'll be great. And Lisa finds the book that says, you know, how to cook man. And um <laughs> And then, you know, they're like, no, this is just space dust. And they wipe it off and it's, you know, how to cook for men or, or, you know, how to cook for (laughs) men. And uh, they're like, you could have been you could have lived like gods on our pleasure planet forever, except for your, you know, untrustworthy ways. And then they get dropped back off. Um, So I guess really quick,
2: I was going to say, it's really interesting that like these descriptions are so again, they're so imaginative. Right. And it's it's almost this act of being of like of being retold or being told by men and observed and the stories come back. And it's this art because if they're not, you know, if they lack imagination or they, that it's again, like, would they have like trees with, you know, where did that, how did that get, how did that, how did that come into, to being
1: right? How do, they do you know co- what I mean? It's, this, how it's they interesting. Imagine like, that? yeah.
2: How did they imagine that if it wasn't like, again, imagined afterwards or like, I don't know. That's, me, I don't know if you've seen like um, cool. when you
1: watch or when you listen to the episodes. Um, I I picked out if if you Google Islamic art jinn, you're gonna mm-hmm. come up with some of the craziest like um, art you've ever seen. And I've been using a lot of them as title images for the episodes. Um, they're all like hundreds of years old, if not older than that. And it's it is truly fantastical the kinds of um, imaginative monsters that have been like illustrated in these things. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just coming out of the artist's imagination, if they're hearing stories and this is how people are describing these things or experiences to them. Some, there there are some things, I know there are some, there's some really old literature that has very specific descriptions. It'll say that this jinn is blue and he has fangs and he has this many heads. And it's like, you know, that would be pretty descriptive. The the feet of a duck, you know, just crazy stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but clear, I don't think they' they're all described that way, so um but there there is a real it's interesting, there's a real sensuality around gin lore that I don't find so much in Western folklore, yeah mm. Yeah
0: It's really interesting. So I guess we we only have like 10 minutes left here. I really would love to hear, so what when you were growing up, right? what was the scariest gin story you can remember? Or what's one that stuck with you?
1: gosh um the one that stuck with me was and and i actually relayed this at the top of one of the episodes is, uh, there was a family and I grew up in a family that was, and maybe this is why, like, I don't experience anything. And I wish I did is because my family was like that. I've asked my dad, I'm like, dad, you must've like grown up with gin stories, like back in pre-partition India. He's like, nope, <laughs> no, nope. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. Like we're like the only Pakistani family that doesn't have gin stories. And all of our friends did. And, uh, there was this one particular family that every single time we got together, there were four sons. Um, they were a little bit older than me. And since we we're kids, it always scared the crap out of me and my siblings with their stories and they came um, they they lived in America but they came from this really remote village in Pakistan and many of the stories that they told were stories that they had encountered themselves um, when they were visiting back home and I think one of the scariest ones was um, they told about a time when they had landed in like one of the big cities and then taken a train back to their village because that's the only way you could have gotten back there and Um, It was late at night. Most of the passengers were asleep. The two younger sons were still awake and there was a woman. uh, It looked like a woman. She was covered in head to toe in like this black kind of gown, like a veil and everything, a burqa type of thing. And uh, it looked like her head was turned towards them, but she couldn't, they couldn't tell if she was looking at them. And their mom was asleep and everybody was asleep. And suddenly she just kind of stretched her feet out in front of herself. um, And she was sitting diagonal to them on the opposite berth. And her feet were backwards, like completely backwards. And, oh yeah. And so when I, that, I I was told that story maybe when I was eight years old and that has stuck, not just stuck with me, the, I had, it struck terror in my heart. Um, and then, you know, they, they said, well, you know, they when they were terrified and they kind of, you know, like, basically squished against her mom and tried to like look the other way. And then when they, when they got to their village, they told others and they're like, Oh yeah, you saw it. That was a gin. I mean, that's how you identify gin is their feet. Like they can transform themselves, but they for some reason cannot transform their feet. Um, and I, so when I was young, I would always be like looking at people's feet and checking out, like maybe I could catch somebody. And, you know, they say also that, you know, it's, it, it's, um, in societies where wearing long robes, like, like think about the Middle East and other places like that, where people wear a lot of long robes. You don't see their feet. You don't know what you're dealing with. Mm. So, um, mm-hmm. it was, it was, so that was something that, was, yeah, really scared it's me. so scary. Yeah. And she didn't do anything to them, but it was just like one of those things. But also, you know, we were almost told um don't go out at night especially as girls with your hair out because um it will attract a gin and then that gin will want you for the rest of your life and he will not let you go like he, it'll fall in mm. love with you and that'll scare the crap out of me but i i personally think that was like some kind of like a tool of
0: social control
1: <laughs> sure <laughs> not necessarily well, yeah yeah. The right. reality.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh boy that is uh my god that's a good one that's yeah good one. i'm um I'm going to be checking my wife's uh, feed when she gets home tonight. I'm very afraid. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's
2: like the little stuff, like, right? Like the next time you're in the supermarket or something, Mm -hmm. you're just going to be like, you know, like, sure, I've rationalized this. I packed it away. And then I'm
1: going to be checking people's Um. feed. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. the, the when when I when I you know, they say, you know, the djinn, uh there's certain places they like to inhabit like ruins and cemeteries and graveyards and um I haven't been to Buxton in 5 years, but the last time I went, my grandparents are buried in the, one of the largest graveyards in the country and it is kind of like in the very center of um the city, uh, a, a major city, which is an incredibly loud, crowded city, but the minute you step inside the cemetery, and believe me it's surrounded on all sides by uh, carts and rickshaws and trucks. And, but the minute you step inside, it's like dead silence. And um, we've always been taught that animals can hear and see the gin. And that's why you won't find them. And you you don't find cats and dogs hanging out in graveyards because they, they can see them there. Um, But Mm. we can't see them there. And, And that's always been a really freaky experience for me to go into this, like, just it's, it's there's no wall between the city and the cemetery at all it's like you're like on the street and you take two steps up into the dirt and you're in the cemetery and it's huge but suddenly there's like this eerie silence and that's always been kind of spooky mm. pretty spooky
2: yeah yeah <laughs> well, no, i've, I've not sufficiently freaked myself out a little bit
0: <laughs> no yeah oh my goodness well robbie thank you so much for coming on the show it was such yes, a thank pleasure. You. Oh my goodness, such a pleasure a having fun. you on, um, everyone. Go check it out. I mean, if you haven't already listened to to Serial and Undisclosed and um, checked out the story of uh, the story of Anansi please go check it out. Uh, just amazing work that you're doing, and um, and yeah, come on again anytime, please. We'd love to have you.
1: Thanks so much. I had a great time, and I um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch uh, the Mothman Prophecies <laughs> this weekend. I Check it out.
0: Yeah. It's pretty scary, you guys.
1: <laughs> except for Richard Gear. Yeah,
2: uh, he's fine. Except for Richard Gere.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. I had a great time on the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you again, dear listeners, for listening to the Mad Scientist Podcast. I have been your host, Chris Cogswell, joined by my co-host Marie Mayhew. If you'd like to contact the show. Please send us an email at themadscientistpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter at MadScientistpod or at Team Giant Squid for Marie. And of course, you can see us on Facebook, on Instagram, and all over the internet as the Mad Scientist Podcast. And again, our logo is the one with the pumpkin head, so it's easy to see. hmm If you've enjoyed the show tonight, please consider supporting us on Patreon where the money that you give to us will help us to promote this show further, to make it better, and just to spend more time making it. We love doing that. We do love doing that. Our logo was designed by Carrie Shaheen. Our web design is done by Desdemona Howard. And our sound design is done by Jake Cardinal. Thanks again for listening. (laughs) Thank you. This has been a damn it chippy production.
2: I'm Eliza. And I need you to listen to me. Have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all? And you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed? Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt. The ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words. My story from my perspective. Because I know you'll hear other versions. Because I want you to have a chance to believe mine. Or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over.
0: But if one of you listens, really listens, it won't be for nothing.